When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello empaths and welcome to our show. This week we are going to be discussing some wonderful questions and stories that you all have taken the time to share with us. We love doing this episode because it's a nice time to get to hear from our listeners and get some feedback and just serve as a reminder that we're all in this together. I think that's so important right now. I really do. And even when we look at the stories that we have coming in and the things people have shared, I think we're all kind of in that same place with things. Yeah, I do too. And it's it's nice to have that reminder that, you know, this is our spiritual tribe and there are people out there who are going through the same stuff and feeling the same feelings. So we've got some good ones. Do you want to start us off? I'd love to. Our first one is, I'm having a hard time accepting and receiving the energy I know is around me. I felt intuitive nearly my whole life, but I'm just now taking it to a deeper level and trying to truly connect with it. Strange things happen to me that lead me to believe that something is here with me. It's a loving, respectful energy because when I ask it to stop, it does. But I don't want it to stop. I want to learn how to receive it without getting so scared. Due to financial obligations, I cannot invest in development courses, but I have learned so much from listening to your episodes. It's been a guide for me to explore my beliefs and learn myself. I believe a good topic of discussion would be to talk with people, perhaps developing students who have recently gone through an awakening or are learning to develop themselves. What was their spark? What is it What is it like waking up? What are some struggles or fears? What particularly is driving their development? I'd love to hear perspectives with people who have not yet reached professional level or perhaps for those who are called to develop their abilities but are not planning on going professional. For example, since I was old enough to hold a toy, my parents knew that I was going to be an animal person. I have such a passion for nature that I cannot think of doing anything other than working with animals and trying to improve their lives. Simultaneously, I feel called to develop my spiritual abilities. 
A fire is lit within to use my gifts and help people. But I know it's not meant to be my full-time job. Have you lived a life of duality? I think we both have, don't you? Oh, for sure. I mean, definitely we've walked in both those worlds of trying to hold down a normal job and, and do this intuitive stuff as well. And I don't think if you are intuitive and you're open to healing and working with animals, I don't think it means it has to be your job. So I think this listener brings up a great point. I agree. And just, I think that that's a not over committing financially because you have other obligations. You can learn so much through that's the beautiful part of how interconnected the world has become through the internet. There are so many resources. There's, if that's not an option, you can go to a local library and find books. You can find people in your community. There are so many options to learn this. And the beautiful part of that is if you do decide to, to do classes later on, you have a base of knowledge and you know how it works for you. So you never just try to emulate someone else's practices you bring your your base of knowledge and information into what you're learning as well. Yeah, exactly. And if you, you know, this person writes, what 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 about people who've not yet reached the professional level or or are never planning on going professional? Well, I think you have to look at ways you can share your gifts in and any single day. Like for example, I'm at the post office all the time. <laughs> Thanks to my online store. And one of the workers at the post office has set up outside the building, you know, those little things you can build for stray cats. Yes. Those little habitats for the winter. And there's a couple of those lining, lining the sidewall of the post office and they put out food and that's a beautiful thing. And so if you are interested in animals, there's so much you can do to share your healing with animals. You can, you can help them. You can work with rescue. You can be a foster, there's so much. And just knowing that you have this light within you, I feel that you can share it in so many ways just by availing yourself of those inner nudges you might get. I had a man working in my house a couple of months ago and his wife came over to bring him lunch. And she said, she looked at my house, which, you know, is covered in rocks. And she goes, are you a geologist? And I was like, no, I'm just a crystal lover. And she was like, Oh, she said, I don't really know anything about rocks. And so we just started talking and it turns out she was going through a really difficult time. And so I, I picked out a stone and and I said, do you want to take this? And I told her what it does. And, and it was just this lovely exchange. And she emailed me and, and was like, what books can I read on crystals? So you just never know when you can take the knowledge or the inner gifts you have and, and share it with people. You might be standing in line at a grocery store and just talk to someone. You know, I was in line at Kohl's the day after Christmas, returning something that my kids didn't want. And that was a very long line and people were very testy. And this one guy was being not very nice. And I just said something kind of funny and lighthearted and, and he laughed. And I felt like, you know, I'm not trying to like pat myself on the shoulder, but I felt like I lightened that a situation that could have been heavy, you know, just by kind of following that little nudge I got. Now, in terms of reaching out to other people and not being able to afford classes Denise is right. There are a lot of free resources on on YouTube, your library. I love the online website, archive.org, because you can find so many out-of-print spiritual books on there. But you can also find 
interviews and and radio things that um, have no longer they're no longer like on podcast. But on on my other podcast, Psychic Teachers, we are discussing a book called On Becoming an Alchemist, which is available on archive for free. But I just want to read this little quote that I think is so important. She talks in this book about finding your spiritual mentors and teachers. And she says, actively looking for them is of little use. Don't worry, they will find you. And I, I think that's so true. And she says that quite often, these mentors and teachers are not incarnate. Many of your teachers and colleagues are, are likely to be from the spirit world. And she, she doesn't really like to use the word spiritual because she says, you know, we're all spiritual beings. She calls them invisible helpers. And I, and I think that's really important. She says, to avail yourself of their help, you'll have to learn to recognize and communicate with beings who do not appear to your physical senses. So... I think it's important to recognize that we have help around us all the time. Right. And that ties in with this person asking about other people. What was their spark? What was it like waking up? What were some of their struggles and fears? I think that will come through exploring these different, hearing other people's stories and realizing there's often a commonality of hesitancy. Am I making this up? Is this okay to trust? What am I connecting with? All of those things will come the more will become stronger, the more comfortable you become with this. But personally, I think a lot of times when it keeps coming back to you, when you keep feeling that nudge, when you keep feeling that draw, that's a good indicator that that's a direction that you're being nudged into going with your spiritual development. So true. And if you guys listening are thinking about ways that, that you share your light and your gifts that aren't on a professional way, and you want to help this listener, send us an email, enlightenedempaths at gmail.com, and, and we'll share it on an upcoming community connection show, because I think that would be nice to hear. Okay, our next one says, I was recently listening to your new show about the seven rays. Towards the beginning of the show, Samantha commented on the term fearing God and how that sits wrong for her. Terms that appear to suggest that God is motivated by darkness and negativity are very confusing, especially when we know that the place where there is only love and all its brilliant purity could never be a thing to fear. The problem is that they used words and language differently 500 years ago than we do now. Take the Ten Commandments. Nobody likes being commanded around by an angry God, but what if we understood them rather as suggestions from a person who loves us and wants us to be uh, successful instead of commands from an angry and demanding person? Imagine a mom and dad trying to explain to their three-year-old why it's dangerous to run into the street. The parents are just trying to protect their baby from being hurt or worse. Can you imagine the tragedy for everyone if something did happen? What a sadness. There's nothing but love behind these commands. Fear of God, the way it is used in the old text, is referring to us fearing ourselves in the sense of not wanting to disappoint someone we love, fearing our own tendency to screw up. I understand this is negative framing and not necessarily a healthy way to think about things, but it definitely isn't us having to fear God. It's more motivated by a deep desire to do a good job. As for God, I think the only thing God actually wants for us is to allow ourselves to be loved, for us to see that we are all rays emanating from the source, that we are all children of father and mother source, so we can receive and reflect the pure agenda-free love that is available to us. The word jealous has the same roots as the word zealous, 
and a positive meaning in the old text. Take these two words in the context of a family. The parents work extremely hard to provide for the needs of their family. That would be zeal. Now add the element of those parents suddenly having to protect their children from a serious threat. The zealous parents now become jealous parents. The mama bear is jealous of her cub's safety when she's facing down any threat with absolute ferocity and a willingness to die for them in the struggle. We understand that every emotion has its negative and positive qualities, but it can still be confusing. Sometimes love appears very scary when it is being its most loving and protective. Sometimes love that appears pure and innocent is motivated by darkness and negativity. What I am confident of is that God is not motivated by darkness or negativity. There is nothing to fear unless we choose to fear what loves us most, and that would be us doing it, not God. Well, that's really well said. What do you think of that? I agree. It's beautifully, beautifully written, and you can feel the person's passion for what they believe in the way that it, that they shared that. It's incredible, and I think it comes back to, is there a God coming from a place of love? Is source coming from a place of love? And the more people we interview, the more we read, the more we talk to anyone, that seems to be the universal answer that we're getting is go back to love. And it would make sense that that would emanate like rays from source. Yeah, I agree. And I and I think this listener makes a really good point of how you know the, the Bible was written thousands of years ago and translated so many times. And so for us to look at it through our 21st century lens really doesn't make sense. Any, you know, any history student will be told a thousand times by their teachers, you you can't do that. You have to look at history through the lens of the time in which it was occurring. And so I think that's an important part too. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I, I hope it, it helps listeners. I know it definitely helped me reframe that, that idea of fearing God. Yes. Yes, I agree. Uh, our next one I have a question that I've been long searching to find an answer for. When I was younger, I had a stronger faith in God, but became disillusioned in organized religion due to the politics within. Even before I struggled with belief in existence of God, what I struggle with more is that I very much believe in the spiritual world. I'm an empath and have been since I was a child and have experienced so much from the spiritual world. So why do I struggle with a belief in a higher power? How can I know the spirit world is real, but cannot wrap my head around a higher power? That's a really good question. And I think it's something that so many of us have experienced of uh, over, over the course of our lifetimes or, or in our exploration or in our development is, are we connecting to source? And we keep using that word in, in our responses but there, that is the universal, and it's what you may consider God, what someone else may consider Allah, what someone else may consider, you know, mother and father, sky and moon. You know, it, it really depends on the individual and what their belief system is. I think that it's the wording of higher power sometimes can be a little off-putting of am I relinquishing my individuality and autonomy, giving it over to something more? And maybe that's part of it. I'm not sure. I really don't know. But I think that for many people, a belief in a higher power has been given them the solace and strength and grace to continue on in this lifetime. Yeah, I do too. And, and I think 
people are struggling now with this question more than ever uh, throughout history. I mean, you know, attendance at at different religious communities is is the lowest it's ever been. And so I think people are looking at all the turmoil and tumult that's going on in the world now, and that has always gone on in the world. And they're thinking, well, you know, how, how can a higher power allow this? I've always reconciled it with the gift of free will. And that's, that's helped me tremendously. But something I know is that like, if I, if I pray just, just to pray, right. Do you ever pray just to be like, you know, like every, every day I say like, please send angels of love and joy and health and protection just around my children and me and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But when I have one of those, like on my knees praying moments, like, Hey, I know there's a lot going on out in the world, but I need your help too. Something always happens where something shifts, something, something happens. It's, it's magic really. I mean, I, I guess we shouldn't call it magic, but that's how it feels to me. And so I just, would recommend if you're really, really struggling with this, I think it's okay if you have that, that really, really needing prayer from your heart, not from your mind, not from your thinking head, but from your heart and your soul. Show me that there's a higher power. Help me find my faith again. And, and then let that prayer go. Don't, you know, don't expect to have like a lightning bolt hit. <laughs> the tree outside your window that moment or mother Mary to appear in your room and say, all is well, my child, I love you, Mm -hmm. but just be open to insights and dreams, people you might meet, or just something, something wonderful that might happen soon after. And I have found that when I'm really, really seeking that knowledge, something amazing tends to happen. Remember that story? I, I told this many, many times before, but you know, as, as a Catholic, I struggle a lot because there's a lot wrong with that church and I'm not a fan of, you know, a lot of it, but I am always comforted when I'm in the presence of that, of that mass. And, and I struggle with that too. Like, why am I comforted by that? You know? And so years ago, I think it was 2012, 2013, I, I went to church with this on my mind. Like, are you really there? Like, are these men up here in robes who don't seem to like women a lot or lots of other things? Are, are they, are they just people or you know, what's happening? You know, like, why am I even waking up this early on a Sunday to come sit, stand, kneel, sit, stand, sing? What am I doing? And I was really thinking about that. And I remember I was on my knees as the, the priest was blessing the community, the Eucharist and all the silence went out of, there's no sound. There was no buzzing. There was no people coughing or kids moving around. It was just completely silent. It was the weirdest thing. I I could feel it in my ears and I heard this little buzzing sound in one ear. So I I looked up because I thought maybe they turned the ceiling fans on, but no. And I look back at the priest and suddenly I saw this silver drop. It looked like mercury just drop into his head. And I blinked and I thought, what, what is, am I hot? Am I going to faint? Like I was so freaked out. Like what is happening? And so I looked around at the congregation and I saw this silver drop go into everyone's crown chakra. And I heard this voice that said, we are preparing your souls to receive the Eucharist. And you know, when you see something, I very rarely see things with my physical eyes like that. Mm -hmm. 
you know, do you, like, I don't walk around seeing dead people. I've seen ghosts a few times. I've seen a spirit guide twice uh, with my physical eyes, but it's, it's very, very rare. And so it just, it's just never, ever left me. And when I was able to go home and after, you know, my kids were still young at the time, but later that night when I had time to myself and I could just sit and meditate on this, I very clearly heard you don't, you don't have to go to a church, a temple or a synagogue to receive that, that silver drop. But anytime you put yourself in the presence of a higher power, you get that, that whatever that energy is. And so anyway, I'm sorry to go on Denise, but I just feel like that's beautiful. And it's just, you've done the beautiful dance between the organized religion and the spiritual world. So we, we know by just your example that that is possible, that you can have both. But what I love is this person also does have an experience and connection with that world, knowing that there's something more. And maybe that is a precursor to a connection with a higher power as well. Yes, exactly. It's, it's a door. And, and mm-hmm. now you just have to walk through that door. Uh, by asking. And and like I said, asking from your heart, but just know you're not alone. We got so many questions like this, this month. And and that was just the one we picked because it tended to highlight a common theme. Okay. Our next one said, I listened to an old crystal episode of yours when picking out jewelry for my sisters and went with what felt right for each of them. I bought my sister lipidolite as she struggles with balancing her emotions due to bipolar disorder. A few weeks later, she had a psychic reading and he brought up a new piece of crystal jewelry and how he can see that it's helping her energy and aura. It was nice that someone else picked up on it as the rest of my family isn't as spiritually in tuned as I have become. The other weird part is that a few weeks after that psychic reading, my sister said she felt like things had really shifted for her and she was telling me about all the things she has realized. During the call, I felt a message of, You helped her get there, and now she can do it on her own. I'm still learning to pick up on messages from my guides and angels, so I just kept it to myself. Immediately after we got off the phone, her bracelet broke, and again I felt like it was time for her to walk herself down this path. To top it off, my tourmaline bracelet also broke right after hers did. Just curious what your thoughts are on this. So I think that's really interesting because, first of all, she had this message is intuitive nudge to get this uh, lipidolite bracelet for her sister, which is excellent for anxiety and balancing emotions. And then she gets this message that you helped her get there and now she can do it on her own. And the bracelet falling off after that to me is, is demonstrating that don't, don't you think like, it's like saying, okay, she doesn't even need this lipidolite anymore. She's ready to continue walking this journey on her own hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. And just the fact that she was guided to know which stone to do that, to have it validated. I love that little story. I do too. Now the fact that her tourmaline bracelet broke right after hers did, that is kind of a weird coincidence. It would be helpful to know if it was watermelon tourmaline, blue tourmaline, pink tourmaline, because they have different attributes, but tourmaline is a very protective bracelet or sorry, stone. And so I wonder if it was trying to, her guides were trying to tell this listener, you can do it on your own too. You know, like it's time to listen to these messages and share them and and trust yourself. Okay. So just to go even a little deeper down the hole with that, 
Could it be that because there's such a strong bond between the sisters that energetically that that could have impacted the first sister whose bracelet broke could impact the other sister's bracelet? Like it would have gone into that tourmaline? Yeah, it definitely could have. I know for me, crystals will either get lost or break or something like that when I either no longer need to work with that type of crystal or I haven't cleansed it in a while, or I need to pass it on to someone else. Usually it's trying to tell you something as well. Right. It's pretty amazing. And whether it's crystals or, or some other, something physical that you use to help you, but I love, love, love that connection with the, the crystals for this person. Me too. Our next one is, My question is this, if an empath and a narcissist have been in a lengthy relationship and it finally ends, can the empath pick up and hold on to some of the characteristics from the narcissist, like using guilt or subtle manipulation that was used on them? I was inspired to write to you after a recent episode where you discussed intuition and mental health therapist. I'm a clinical mental health counselor currently working with ages 14 to 70 plus. However, the bulk of my clinical experience is with college students. I think yes. Yes is an empath picking up on that, but also just it, it, in my own way of looking at it, it's that nature nurture. You've been conditioned to know those responses, to know how to react to someone from a narcissistic viewpoint. And it the person doesn't go into if they're using them against a narcissist or if they're using them just in general in life. But I, I mean, I'm leaning towards learned behavior. So if that makes sense to me. Yeah, it does to me too. I mean, if you jump in a, in a mud puddle, you're going to get dirty, right? And so I think right. the, the key is removing yourself from that situation, you know, because the question says if you've been in a lengthy relationship with a narcissist. And so I think as you pull yourself out of that mud and wash yourself off and each step, you get more and more distance from that relationship, you're going to start dropping those those habits that you may have subconsciously learned from them and and move forward from that. But I think empaths like when we did our show on toxic positivity or when we did our show on you know codependence, I think empaths can have those tendencies. Uh, every you know every label has its positive and negative characteristics, right? But I also have to wonder if it's a yes, they do. I agree with you if it's a survival thing, because what popped in is I can remember two distinct situations in my own personal life where I was with, you know, having a conversation with an incredibly narcissistic, two different people and something triggered in my brain and I volleyed it back the way they would have treated me. I volleyed it back and it threw both of those people because they didn't expect it. They didn't expect me to, volley back with the way that they had always treated our relationship with, with what they had said or done to me. And, and it didn't feel good, but I have to admit it was a feeling of, Oh, now I understand why they act this way because it puts you in the driver's seat. Mm, That's really interesting. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It was, it's a weird thing that I I can see in a long-term it's similar to when you've always shared that Kids who have grown up in dysfunctional situations learn to read the room. They become more intuitive. They become more aware. I almost feel it would be the same thing if you've been in a lengthy relationship with a narcissist. 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, that's so true. But you know, I was talking to some friends a couple of weeks ago and I was telling them because I thought it was so interesting. The most Googled definition word, according to the Merriam-Webster website in 2022 was gaslight. Mm-hmm. And, and my friends were like, I'm so tired of everyone calling everyone a narcissist or I'm being gaslight, you know, da, da, da. And I said, yeah, I, I guess, but I'm excited. Like I, 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 I really am excited. I feel like narcissists are being unmasked. And I feel like once you learn what a narcissist is, how they work, what their manipulative tactics are, it's, it's so easy to see them for who they are and then to keep your distance. So I'm, I'm kind of excited that uh, people are Googling this and learning about it and reading about it and starting to recognize the narcissist in their own life. And again, taking back their own power and saying, I'm yeah. not doing it this way anymore. Okay. Our next one says, I have a story I could not keep to myself that just happened this past Sunday. My friend and I share much in common and get together every every few weeks or so to talk and teach and learn together. After a couple of hours of great conversation, it somehow, as good conversations do, did a 180 into our strange dreams. My friend stated she was expecting her new dream book to be dropped any minute. So I said, hey, I just ordered a dream book by Samantha Fay called The Awake Dreamer, and I watched her eyeballs get big. She went to check her front door, and there sat her package. She could not remember what the exact title was, but it was your book. We had both ordered it the night before and had not even spoken about it before then. What a fun thing to know how connected we are. I cannot wait to finish my book and give it a review. I know it's going to be great. I was so happy to read that email, Denise, because you know, as a first-time published writer, this is what you hope to get. And like, how exciting that they were talking about books and and it was it was the awake dreamer. So yeah, I love that. So again, they are very connected, and they both got a damn good book. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but isn't that cool when you can like? I love to see friends who are connected on, on my daughter's. Um, I don't know if it was Snapchat or what, but I guess you know when they pop up like memories for you on Facebook. Okay. Um, one, I think it was her Snapchat must do that too. Anyway, we were having lunch the other day and a picture popped up and it was her and her best friend uh, in the eighth grade. And uh, she said, why, why did you take this photo mom? And I'm like, look, they were wearing the same exact outfit. I, I remember that day. So clearly I went to drop her off at her best friend's house and they were both wearing blue shirt shorts and white uh, sweaters. Oh, and how many times has that happened where you'll like, uh, my sister and I, we bought the same purse this fall. Didn't know it until I went to pick her up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have, I, I pulled my purse from my back seat. I'm like, I just bought this. She's like, me too. One of the last things I was able to do with my mother before she passed, I was taking her to see this show and she called me and she said, I'm wearing blue and lavender. Do not show up wearing the same colors. And I said, <laughs> okay, I won't. <laughs> And I showed up with some different shit. She said, Denise, you're wearing blue and or whatever it was. But it was just interesting when you're that connected with people, how you do start to pick up on those things. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all subconscious. It's all energy. Our next one. I recently had a past life regression. I wasn't able to see anything. I had a few feelings, but altogether it was dark. I know there's speculation. If someone has unresolved issues in this current life, it may be hard to see those things see until those things are resolved. 
I was hoping the regression could actually help with those issues. I'll try again soon. The frustrating part for me is that I've always seen things and experienced things that I know are not common. However, I'm aware that I haven't done much to practice or enhance those tools throughout the years, but I'm a lot older now and would like to try. Ever since I can remember, I have seen and felt spirits and ghosts. I was very little when it started and it would frighten me every time. In my teen years, I practiced lucid dreaming. I was getting quite good at it. Then something personal happened and I stopped practicing because I would just have nightmares about what had happened to me. So instead I just shut down. When I was about 20 years old, I answered the family phone and had a vision of exactly who I was speaking to, what he looked like as if I was looking at a photograph with a vignette around it. 20 minutes later, that very person came to the door wearing exactly what I saw in the vision. That's never happened again. I don't know how to make any sense of those things. Does it sound like I have anything to enhance and develop? Sorry if this all sounds nuts. Well, none of it sounds nuts at all. And just with the, the regression, I'll just touch on that really lightly. I try to encourage people that are going to re regressions, even if you do generally see, you may hear, you may sense, you may feel, you may get colors, you may get, it's, it can be a much different modality of how you perceive. And I did do a regression with someone several months ago and they weren't able to get a visual. And at the end, I said, well, do you have good luck with, with guided meditations? Do you have good luck? And she says, no, I never see anything. So I now I'm, I make sure to ask that before we start the process so that people can be aware of you know, how they, they internalize that energy. It could be that you have some unresolved things that it wasn't, but I think a lot of times people go back to those lives to find maybe what the core seed or to see if there was a pattern that you've incarnated with again, and that can give you clarity. Uh, the 20 year old, I'm going to focus on that really briefly, but 1920, that's a lot of times when the floodgates open for people with their intuition and their development and seeing the, the visual of who was coming to the door and having them show up. That is very, very, very much a sign that you have something to enhance and develop. It's precognition. It's just knowing ahead of time, uh, easy skill to build, just practicing that. Um, thinking of someone, checking to see, you know, before the phone rings, do I know who this is? Um, and lastly, just about shutting it down and being afraid. I think as what everything you've shared this person has shared they're a very sensitive person, and that can be very, very unsettling to have unexpected guests come in in that form. Yeah. And, you know, when this person writes, I was getting quite good at it, at lucid dreaming and astral travel dreams and seeing ghosts and spirits. And then something personal happened. And I just stopped practicing because I would have nightmares about what happened to me. If you have a, a very fearful, traumatic event that has happened to you and hasn't, it might have nothing to do with spiritual psychic stuff. It could just be, you know, a very, a, a, what am I trying to say to these, a daily traumatic event, not a unseen spiritual one that needs to be healed and, and released in some way. I think before you can have these experiences because it's a block. Any trauma that we hold in our cellular memory can block us. Don't you agree? Uh, very, very much so. 
Very much so. And if it was a trauma that forced someone to completely shut down or slam that door and put a deadbolt on it, it, on you have to wonder if there's some subconscious connection with, okay, if I open that door with my connection, because if they were full on, oh, I'm dreaming, I'm connected, I'm getting this, this traumatic event happens. I, I think you and I have spoken about this quite a bit of that disclaimer that as intuitives, as psychics, as me, whatever, we don't often get the inside view of what our own life is looking like. We may be able to connect with someone else's auric field and read their story, but then something traumatic happens to us and we're almost like, well, why didn't I see that coming? Why didn't I know? Right. Right. I had a student once who said she was super, super psychic and it all shut down this one year. And I, I said, what happened to you that year? And she was like, you know, I was, I was in college. I was dating. I was taking classes. I don't know. And then she goes, I was mugged. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, there you go. And so she was thinking it had to be like a spiritual block, you know, like seeing frightening ghost or having an, an experience with a D word or something like that. But it was this mugging. It it made her feel vulnerable and you know attacked and scared, and it and so it made her put up really really strong walls. So that's what I meant by daily trauma. I don't know what phrase I'm looking for, but just a- no. That's a good description. That's a really good description, and and it is, and it goes back to that the fact that we are human beings on the planet, and we're going to have things happen that aren't connected with the spiritual world. But I could see where you know what the the correlation could be if something traumatic has happened, it's usually out of your control. And a lot of times exploring the spiritual world is we have to have that sense of trust. We're not in control of it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, I'm not saying it's in control of us, but we're not, we're opening up and being vulnerable. And there's a vulnerability when you've been the, on the result of being the victim of trauma. Yeah. And this is why I always say, Whatever is happening in your daily life is going to be reflected in your spiritual life. When the email is ended, sorry if this all sounds nuts. That's very telling because, first of all, we've all felt that way, right? I mean, I felt a little nutty sharing my story of seeing silver drops in church, right? I mean, it's Mm -hmm. very scary to share the weird, strange, wonderful things that happen to us. But it also, to me, is saying there's some doubt here. And I always tell students, fear and doubt are your kryptonite, and it's so important to work on overcoming that. And so I would I would recommend that you work on healing and releasing this trauma, whether that's through writing or drawing about it or EMDR therapy, whatever you think will work for you to physically release this trauma from your body. And then to work on the doubt and not feeling that that it's nutty to have this precognitive experiences or lucid dreaming experiences again, in your daily life, work on trusting yourself more, work on on trusting those little feelings you get of saying no to this or saying yes to that or picking up the phone and calling that person. And as you start to show yourself that you trust yourself, you'll start to chip away at that doubt. It's not overnight. It's not easy. But I think just thinking about it the way this person is and emailing us about it shows that work is being done under the surface. And those abilities are there. You're born with them. And when you're ready, they, they will come back. Yes. Okay, very, this, very well said. 
this next email um, is also about my book and I, I don't mean to, to be that person, but I, this just, I think is, is important. She says, one thing you mentioned in your book struck a chord with me and I wanted to let you know. So it, she goes on to tell this story and I'll explain it. She says, when I was a child, I went frequently to that garden for children you mentioned in the book. It was a refuge for me from being bullied at school and feeling always out of place. I knew at least that when I slept, there was a place with other children where I would feel at home. So this meant a lot to me, Denise, because that was another kind of strange, vulnerable story I shared in the book, where when I met one of my best friends, very soon after we met, I don't know why, but I shared with her how when I was a kid, I would have these recurring dreams that I went to this place that was just for kids. And we would hang out and we would play and there was everything you'd want for kids, you know, like a ping pong table and a a basketball court and chalk and jump rope and all that stuff. And my, my friend said, I had those same dreams too. And we had very similar childhoods. And I thought that's interesting. And I can remember being a kid and waking up from one of those dreams. And I can remember laying in bed and closing my eyes and trying to fall back asleep so I could go back there because it was so comforting. And so I just find it so intriguing that someone else has read this story and said, yeah, I had that same dream too. Wow. Yeah. Something real is happening when we're quote unquote sleeping, you know? Very much so. And I love that. I love that there, that so many people are going to that place and that it's a, that's incredible. It supports my theory that, you know, collective consciousness, we're all connected That's a perfect example of it. Yeah, it really is. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Well, I think we have time for one more. Yeah. Uh, I'm being haunted mentally of images of my husband with another woman. I've confronted him and of course he denies it. I feel like I'm going crazy daily. He's had multiple affairs in our time together. And I keep telling myself, I kept telling myself that there was something different I could have done. We've moved past those times and now out of nowhere, it feels like those times are haunting me because I never healed from those times before. Instead, I buried them and found a way to redirect my anger and hurt. I'm praying to Archangel Raphael and begging for intercession for this marriage to either end abruptly or heal because this reliving of the pain and hurt is overcoming my every activity. I've asked my spiritual team to give me guidance, and I don't know that I've received any message. I've called out to my dad who passed last year. I don't know if this is just my spirit requiring me to communicate those pains from before, or if it's really is something that I need to prepare for. One perspective, the fact that this person has been strong enough to work through and try and to do all and to pray and to ask for an intercession, it it doesn't feel crazy at all. It feels like someone who has come at this situation and tried over and over and over and has truly found a place of acceptance and forgiveness. But if it's if it's not, then please know that that's what it feels like. The fact that there have been multiple affairs in their time together, and the person in this usually goes along with people who have been in, um, I don't want to say emotionally abusive or gaslit or any of those code words, but 
when we doubt ourselves that what could I have done if I was prettier or smarter or worked harder or tried more? And I think as empaths, that kind of comes with the, the territory a lot of times of owning more than what our share of what a situation might have been. I love that this person is asking for direction from their spiritual team for guidance so that they're not blindsided again. But I also know that recently over these last several months, and I, from folks I've been talking to as well as my own experiences, it feels like people are getting hit with a lot of old memories, a lot of old loop tapes, a lot of old pain that the, you know, oh, I thought I worked through this. Oh, there it is again. I thought I'd release that. Oh, no, there it is again. This feels too familiar. I can't help but wonder if on a bigger level, we're at a time before the big astrological shift that's coming this spring. Is this part of the, the grand finale of releasing that old stuff? I think it could be. I mean, we've seen a lot of truths and secrets come to light throughout, you know, world events. And so I do think something's going on with that. I do think we need to trust our intuition when something tells us something's off. And so yes. it might not be actual adultery going on again, but something's off and you're picking up on it. And I think there's a reason for that. Yes, I, I just do. I think when we have those feelings now, there's other times, like, haven't you heard of those pregnancy dreams when women are pregnant, they'll often dream that their, their partner is cheating. Mm-hmm. That's a very common thing but this is a, a history of this and now it's popping up again. And so it's popping up again for a reason. It could be because something is going on again, but it could also be your invisible helpers, your guides way of saying, Hey, you think you worked through this, but you haven't. And so either way, I think it's a signal that you need to, you need to work on this and you can do that privately, you know, with therapy on your own, but there are retreats out there where you, um, there, I can't remember the names of them, but there are retreats for couples who are trying to heal from adultery. And it's all based on like absolute honesty. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think both partners have to, gosh, I gotta remember one of my clients went through this. Her husband cheated on her many times and they, they went to this retreat. It was in Texas or Tennessee. And they both had to like take a polygraph before they could even start the conference. Wow. It's based on like supreme, totally honesty. Yeah. Yeah. And she said it helped them. And I haven't spoken to her in over a year, but they're still together and doing well. So I I do think there is hope for this, but I, I just think if you're getting this nudge over and over and over again, there's a reason for that. It's not, it's not you just, it's not your fault. It doesn't making it up in your, yeah. Thank you. Doesn't it feel like she's blaming herself or something? Yes. And I, I think you are 100% spot on of it's coming back to get your attention. And it may not be infidelity, but it may be either unresolved or it may be something else that is, it. spirit is saying, okay, pay attention because she's recognizing all the, the symptoms or signals or signs that have come through before. Right. Exactly. So I would just honor your intuition and pay attention to that. And rather than ask for help, maybe of like, you know, show me what's really going on. Maybe just ask for what's my next step. Right. You know, sometimes we want to jump from A to Z and we can't because either we're not ready or the partner's not ready, or it's just not the right time, but ask, okay, 
I'm listening. I'm following this intuition. What's my next step? And then follow that and then follow that until you get to the truth of what, of what your heart is really trying to tell you. Thank you guys so much for taking time to share your questions and stories. And we hope our insights and suggestions have been helpful. Please remember, you can always email us enlightenedempaths at gmail.com. If you have time, we would love if you would subscribe, rate, and review our show. It really helps other people to find us. And don't forget, you can always join us on our Facebook page, Enlightened Empaths. We hope you have a great, magical, wonderful week. Please remember, as always, to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.